Hello and welcome to the 55th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Inside My Radio by Steven Studio. Oliver. Hello. Who are you? I'm, I'm, I'm Oliver, just like you said. <laughs> and what do you do? So I'm the producer and co-founder at Steven Studio and uh, we founded Steven Studio two years ago now. Okay. Um, yeah, so, and now we're about to release Inside My Radio. Yes, Inside My Radio. What a glorious, glorious game that it is. Thank you very a much. A very, very pretty one. But we're talking Ooh. about that later. I think it's pretty. And uh, we'll talk about that later. But we're focused more on you. How did you, how did you make your start making flashy, lighty video games? Myself, so um, yeah. um, I actually have a degree in video games, so... Wow, because that's a... We have a lots of people on the show, uh, various you know experiences. Like some people from thirty, forty years have been doing it. Yeah, yeah. And some yeah. people have been, and those people didn't have. Yeah, that. they were in no school. They were nothing at the time. Yeah, the closest they had was um, computer science. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your degree. Where did you study? So I studied in France. So I'm, I'm French, maybe as you can hear. Yes. Um, and so I actually, so I have, I don't know really. I think it's a bachelor in 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 English. Yeah, like it's, a, I have it's, a, a, it's a basically an undergraduate economics, degree. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Bachelor in economics, and then I've got a, a specialized master degree in video games. So there's like this public. There is a public school in France called Angemin in Angoulême, so this is near Bordeaux where all you British people come for holidays, which is <laughs> actually a good, very good place to, to spend your holidays on. Yeah. So I did two years there to study um, production and management, which was basically doing small projects like, you know, like three weeks game jam with different people. Um, and then on the second year, I actually did um, six months, a six-month pre-production project with 10 other people. That's so a, okay. it's, about, it's really about failing at doing video games, but it's at school, so it's okay. So <laughs> I've got to ask, as a producer, and I, I, I have a, you know, a view of what, what you do, but you may go, no, Chris, I need to storm out the show. No, <laughs> um, but for me, is it taking... A concept is very because video game creation is a deeply, deeply creative uh, project or, or endeavor. Of course, it is. Um, as we all know, also that any creative endeavor is ultimately destructive because you create a lot of things that get tossed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what I'm asking is, uh, as a producer, do you lay out what, for want of a better phrase, a design program or schedule, if you will? You actually have a series of tasks that need to be done. And they're all, you know, organized in such a way that actually all mesh together in a logical manner to produce a game at the end of it. Is that? And then yeah. you, you manage that process, you create that process, and exactly, then you manage yeah. that process, and, so, you, and you fill it with resources. Is that the best it, way yeah, to describe it? Yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly that. Like, yeah, yeah, got it to, right. say, to say, to say <laughs> it in a, in a more human way, I would yeah. say, it's making sure that people actually don't waste time waiting for the others. The, yeah. the beauty of video games is that you have different kind of work, can, the working together, like 
you have an artist and a sound designer and a programmer and uh, a game designer, and they have to work at the same time all together towards the same goal. Where other in other industry in other jobs, usually people do about the same thing. They, there's not many connection between their job. There is, but you know they're not that much into waiting from one to other to the other. So my job is to make sure that when the artist is finishing a job, then the coder can actually jump on it without having to wait for a week or something like that. You know, like yeah, to make sure all of the bridges are connected at the right time at the same time and then yeah. managing the, what yeah. is going to happen. What you know, like things bad things happen, delay happens. So I have to manage what is not manageable somehow, like the unknown <laughs> managing the unknown, you know. Yes. So I have to actually plan that something that I don't know. <laughs> which, which is actually is... having a, a hole in your in your schedule, like saying, okay, for these three days at the end of this week, I will not put anything for anybody because they will be late, there will be things we need to change, etc. So I am actually um, putting time into the schedule to make things I don't know what it's going to be yet. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. In the UK, um, confusingly, or Britain, we call them programs. <laughs> so yeah. Just, yeah, so we like a design program. What's... What do you mean? It's like so confusing, but yeah, that's what we call them. Um, yeah. But ultimately, looking at a Gantt chart, I guess. But I don't think Gantt charts work very well because they lack logic. But no, that's a tedious thing. Um, but what I like to know is, um, do you think? Well, of the opinion that the, basically the job of the coder is to bring all these assets together into a cogent thing that actually functions with each other. It's it's about making it alive, really. Yeah. It's about bringing the spirit of the game design and the spirit of the art. And the music. <laughs> and the music, obviously. Which is, yeah. Matching, so. matching all together within the code. And that's actually, well, maybe I'll talk about it, but within Cymerity, we actually had a lot of work on the engineer side because of the feeling of right. playing in beat. You know, feeling that you're playing in rhythm was actually a lot of engineer work. Yeah. Uh, and so we did many iterations, many prototypes again and again and playtesting, etc. So that's about the artist as a vision. He can put it on, into an artwork that you see, you can feel things. The music, you feel something different and then you have to make it all together and make sure everything is respected. And when and that's really that's the beauty and the problem of video games that until you have the controller in hand, you're not sure. You don't know if it if it works or not. You can have all of the ingredients, the perfect match ingredients, and when the coder puts put them together, then you've got to play to see if the formula is working or not. Yeah. So that's that's really an important job, really. So you did your masters. Is this your yes. first game? No, 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 no. Huh? So after after my masters, I actually work at Sony Europe in London. Nice. And and then, so I did a couple of uh, internship during my master degree. So one at Rocksteady Studio uh, in London, working on Batman. Yeah, uh, that was Arkham a work of genius. Yeah, <laughs> Arkham City. That was a huge, huge project. Yeah. And then after, I went to a very small uh, company called Honeslug, where they actually Ooh. three people 
They did uh, Ho Hokum and exactly, yeah. They also did Frobisher Says as well. Exactly. Well, I was. See, I know, I know. Well, you're from (laughs) so you 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 know the people around. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so there were actually these games I made. Then uh, um, I moved back to France to be with my girlfriend in in Lille. So I worked at Intravision. I don't know if you know. Then they did obscure obscure games. Right. Obscure one too, and um, so there I was. I, I, I worked with my team on uh, several projects, and when the company closed down, we decided to uh, found Seven Studio, and we did our first game there called Ethan Meteor Hunter. So that's our first game as Seven Studio, and maybe I don't know, maybe my fifth, sixth project. I don't yeah. know if, if we count if we can count school or not, <laughs> but something like that. That's like, really cool to have all of that. That that tranche of that uh, of yeah. work behind you, that body yeah. of work. There you go, body of work. Yeah, behind you. That's to, to stand up and go. Look, I made all these things happen. Well, helped make them happen. Yeah, help and just and and what was important for me, like you know, Rocksteady was ninety people. Now I think that there are about one hundred sixty people. I know. On this leg was three people. Sunnier Europe was maybe like 10,000 people or something. Oh, yeah, that's vision were 30 people and now we're 10 people. So there were maybe five different kind of management, five different kind of objectives to, to achieve. So having all of these different ways of seeing things and working is actually very good to then when you start your company, you can think, okay, this is what I want, this is what I like, this is what I think can work with human people and video games. And we're all making video games, but in a such different ways, being a producer at Siemens Studio has nothing to do, well, there's Excel, but it's compared to a producer at, at Rocksteady, it's like very, very different. Mm-hmm. But you but, learned. You yeah, learned a lot, far more yeah. than you ever did in your master's, I'm sure you yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the I think the masters gave you the tools, gave you appreciation, yeah, exactly. the intellectual tools, because that's what masters is about. Uh, in yeah. my opinion, you might disagree, and, but that's what I, I believe. It's all about giving you the foundation from which yeah. you build, and that's what any degree is about, really. That and teaching you to think. Yeah, it was really about also as we did a lot of projects within other students about learning how human actually work, about giving feedback, about accepting feedback from the others, about, as you said earlier, accepting that video game, you have to do things over and over again, and maybe half, maybe 75% of your work will be trashed. Yeah, and that's fine. Any creative endeavors like that. And you need need to actually trash 75% of your work to actually have 25 beautiful percent. Yes. Because without trashing the 75%, then you wouldn't have this this 25% left. So that's really about, the master for me was really about that, like learning that, yes, video game is complicated and the human mind is way more complicated. So having to deal with all of that then after, you know. Yeah, and the whole concept of empathy as well, that has yeah, been yeah. completely embraced. You know, you can't be unreasonable. <clears throat> and also being circumspect about how much time people actually have to do stuff because mm-hmm. if you say oh you got three weeks to do that coding they will take three weeks yeah uh, and because people fill time they will do it if they know they've got three weeks to do uh, a work that normally take them a week they will take three weeks 
that's the thing. That's the thing I, I learned at, at school. Like some people will, some people uh, some, some people some, won't. Some no. other people will do the job, and at the end yeah. of the week, they say, "Okay, I think it's good." Yeah. And then you say, "Okay, that's a very good news. Let's make sure it's working the way we want. Let's test it. Let's test but, it. Yeah. Use that time to." Yeah, interesting. Yeah. We could talk about this for hours, but we won't because we got on to the next question now. So you've been working in industry for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that, what do you think, as as a producer, but also as a someone who's part of the creative endeavour, who's obviously has a major input into how things go, what do you think influences you? Um, well, you know, we, the, the the basic answer is always the same. It's like everything around me, but I'm definitely personally playing a lot of indie games. So everything that I see at GDC or or, or on Steam on console, I'm really influenced by by this game. Like I'm playing Mini Metro. I'm I'm starting to play Ori and the Blind Forest. Uh, That's glorious, isn't it? I spent yeah. a good hour. I was at PAX Prime last year. And I spat, rather than everyone queuing up to play another Halo game or something, I stood there and just played this game for an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But, not, um, not crushingly hard, but it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, and then after, it's also meeting every other developer in the world, like at GDC, at REST. Um, we did a local event, but like, Past Friday here in, in in our small town of Lille in North of France, just meeting other people and and sharing uh, experiences together and say, okay, with our game we did this, this go wrong, this went wrong, this went right, etc. And so we can learn from what they've done. They can learn from our experience, and by sharing everything, we actually we actually get inspired and and do better games after. So. It's really about games that are similar to us and about developers that are very similar to us that we, we get inspired. Not 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 that much from big games, from AAA games, which is what I think define really the indie game scene. Like we play all of the games, all of our games together and we look at art, at movies, etc., at music and we say, okay, how can we do this together and do something better. I'm, I'm, I think I haven't played in Call of Duty in like five or six years. I really <laughs> don't care. No, I've got that way as well. Although I have been playing uh, Pillars of Eternity, but that's a mm-hmm. beast, isn't it? And um, we'll yeah. talk about that later. But So basically the answer to that is your peers. You're influenced by your peers, and that's all. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than other games. Yes, you said other games, but then you slipped into something far more human. And you mentioned humanity a lot in, in this chat so far, and I appreciate that. Is that this is about humans? And yeah, about- everything is about human. Yeah. When when you're talking to Valve, when you're talking to Sony, to Microsoft, to Nintendo, it's there are people behind the computer. Yeah. The, and and the thing I'm learning with Seven Studio as a co-founder and almost a CEO somehow, uh, when I'm dealing with these partners, is that there's no process are here to make things more understandable and more easy for everybody but process are nothing if there are no humans behind it yeah. like to say you to tell you something um with so i was i was at gdc with inside my radio on the uh, microsoft booth idea xbox booth 
And and there I met one guy I knew for quite some time who's working at uh, Ideatix Box, and I told him we we had a chat and we catched up, and then I said, you know, I, I saw that you you guys are are going to be at rest, and I really love this show. Do you have some spare space for Insight Radio on the Ideatix Box? And he said, let me let me give a couple of phone calls and I'll let you know. And the, the next day on Twitter, he told me. Would you like to be with us at rest with Inside My Radio a week before? And so this is how it happened. Wow. So it's re- it's about the human, really. If you yeah. if you're nice to people, if you keep in touch, if you just you know, just talk and say, Okay, I love this show, I love this, I love what you're doing, can we do something together? Yeah. Sometimes they say no, which is fine. Don't take it wrong. They cannot support every game out there because there are so many good games. So you have to say when when Sony says no, when Nintendo says no, we say, cool, okay, fine. Well, catch you later at, at the next show and I hope everything goes well for you. Yeah. So everything is really about the human, really. I mean, for me, when I approach developers to get you know to get on the show, sometimes I get completely ignored. I'm not sad. It's just like their loss. But, you know, it's fine. They may be very, very busy. They probably are very busy. Or, yeah. you know, it's fine. That's okay. Um, actually, it's... it's, it's, it's like I said, reaching out to people, connecting with people like yourself, I've met lots. I mean, I've interviewed 55 people now, you know, 55 developers. Uh, that's a lot of people. That's a lot yeah. of developers. And, you you uh, can start a big studio now. Yeah, <laughs> I could bring them all together. Um, although some of them, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, I've, and, and various sizes, from small developers like yourself to the big MMO creators, everything. You know, it's a good, good, good spread. So... Noting the human aspect, this next question will be very difficult for you to answer because you don't want to annoy anyone. But basically what I'm asking you here is that who in the development world do you admire most and why? Well, see, (laughs) I don't know. You can say a company, that's fine too. So. Well, a company, the, the first company I always think of is Amplitude Studio in Paris. Uh, they are doing Endless Legend and Endless Space on PC. And the way they started from scratch and and sold about, I think they sold like a million copies of their game on Steam with with the work they've done on the community. This is very impressive. Um, this is I've like, seen that game a couple of times. It's bonkers, yeah. but I love it. It's uh... Yeah, and uh, every, I mean, it's like they're doing it perfectly, like really perfectly. So uh, um, on my side, in France, they're really like the example, the big brother we need to all look at and do the same. And we all know, like, we're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for, for for me, this is really impressive. What they've done is really impressive. And then, I mean, like... <sighs> This is not this is not a sentence like to to be nice or to be uh, naive or anything. But I I actually admire every game developer that actually ship a game because yeah. as as you said, this is this is the most difficult part. So the thing the thing the thing I'm doing as a person, I don't like every game I play. I don't like every kind of game, and that's fine. I think it's it's just fine, you know. But well, that doesn't like, mean like, that doesn't mean I'm not talking to the dev behind the game you know that's not that doesn't mean i don't have the same problem i don't share problem with him or her and that's really the thing i'm always uh thinking about about what is the game about and what is 
the person. I'm way more interested in the person and what what's his or her objective with that game and will he or she succeed in in, in regarding this. And uh, yeah, it's, it comes back to rich humans. So every anybody that actually ship a game where they try to do something different yeah. and they are not doing like another clone of Flappy Bird because that's being lazy. I mean, you can do it when you're starting, really. Like, you just want to do a project, then do a Pac-Man, do a Bomberman, do a Flappy Bird. Okay, but put it on the store, fine, to actually do the process. But just once, and then try to do something different. Yeah. I mean, I mean, doing something different in Flappy Bird is not that hard, is it? No. I don't think it is. So even for your first, you know, maybe if at your home, then you're doing your own Flappy Bird, you're really glad you did. And it's it's really cool. But then after, if you go on the market, because that's something different, very different, try and ship something different, then this is something I really admire. People thinking out of the box. So that's really what I'm looking at when I'm going to conventions or games, people trying to do something different. When I think of, um, we had a, a guest on episode 52 um, who did Alto's Adventure. Um, mm-hmm. And that's an infinite runner, but it's mm-hmm. a snowboard infinite runner. And It's, uh, it's the beautiful one, right? It's like beautiful. The, the, the yeah, poetic it's... one. I mean, yeah, that's the perfect example. It's a great example, isn't it? Where it's like, it's like you we, know all know Cannibal. we all know Cannibal. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Fantastic game. And then you got Tiny Wings. That was fantastic. You know, and because it just takes that same concept and go, Let's do this. Let's let's mess around with gravity, and it's just glorious. And for me, Alto's Adventure, which I still play, and I'm just adoring, um, is is a, a glorious game. And we had the guest on the show. We, we talked about it. Uh, Ryan Cash, lovely man, and uh, he and I had a great chat about you know the innovation, actually working around a base level of an infinite runner and turn it into something that's inspired by Tony Hawk's. Yeah. But, a quote from him that's what he said it's like oh yeah we just went and played Tony Hawks for a day sat there all day destroying Tony Hawks 2 I mean, <laughs> on, on a PlayStation 2 and then voila but uh, no thanks for drawing that out that's, that's, that's awesome so yeah basically you admire anyone who makes and finishes a game and releases it yeah yeah and try and, and most of all trying to do something different because yeah, and shipping shipping a game is really, really, really hard. Like yeah. as you said, at some point you have to do okay, let's get this done. Yeah. You just have to make it- You just have to this is the moment where as a developer you're saying to yourself, This is not going to be the perfect game. Yeah. I and mean, you actually have to put it out. Not perfect. Yeah. Oli Oli two, for example, come out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And people are going, Where's the multiplayer? And I asked this of Tom, um, yeah. He says, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to put that in later. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? Because, yeah, we're going to have to patch it in later because we, 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 we were determined to hit that milestone. We had to hit it then, yeah. so we had to release it as it is. It's fantastic, but yeah. it's like, where's the multiplayer? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry later. about that. It's later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Speaking yeah, that, of games. That, yeah, that's a bit the thing. Like, maybe they announced it a bit too early. Well, they yeah. demoed it. They demoed yeah. it. And they said, yeah, we've got multiplayer on it. And then when it came out, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to release that later. Because why and, not? Why not? Yeah, they've got the right to. And it's still a glorious game. Speaking of glorious games, what are you, uh, what are you playing, apart from what you're working on, of course? 
what, what games are you playing? This is my favorite question to a lot of developers because it shows that they're not just solely living in a bubble thinking their game is the only game that ever exists. Uh, you know, you don't want to play your game at some point. Uh, <laughs> You're just, like, tired of there, it. <laughs> there, is, there is an impression, unfortunately, yeah. to um, the layman that uh, that is the case. I'm sorry, yeah. I know it's not true, but yeah. if you could dispel that for me, that'd be glorious. What are yeah. you playing? So, big deception, I'm actually playing GTA on, on Xbox One, GHG Remastered. So you're everything. doing the heists and stuff? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm just a big GTA fan, to be honest. Me too, I'm like, me too. I'm like, so yeah, about people I admire, like Rockstar North and, and Naughty Dog, there's like, these these guys aren't the gods, yeah. beyond the gods. They're like, everything they do is so perfect. It's like amazing work. I'm, I'm basically playing GTA to just feel like, whoa, they did this, they thought of that. This is, this is actually it's terrifying, very good. isn't it? It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah it's like mental. It's really mental. Everything makes sense. I actually finished the game the f- first time on, on Xbox 360. I'm now, now playing it again on Xbox One. And, and I actually understand some little clues you've got here and there uh, at the beginning of the game. Like, to give you an example, minor spoiler, but that's like nothing. Yeah. So um, in GTA, at some point, you've got to deal with Chinese people for drug dealing stuff with Trevor. Okay. And yeah. actually, at the very beginning, if you listen to the radio, this got, there is a flash news saying that police is concerned that uh, Chinese gangs are actually killing the Mexican gang for drug dealing and are now coming to Los Santos. And when I heard that in the car, I thought, I thought hey, there's a mission with these guys after. Yeah. Like, I thought, this is brilliant. This is, this yeah, is but ter- it's terrifying, isn't it? The t- yeah. That little, little piece of detail. Yeah, that everything, is everywhere. And so, so yeah, so I'm playing that. I'm playing so Ori uh, and the Blind Forest. I've yep. just, um, I've just finished finally pap- Papers, Please, which <laughs> is amazing. I'm, I'm finishing dark, my game from, game from 2013, you know. <laughs> That's fine. No, there's no, uh, to, to, to quote Rich, Rich Gallup, uh, he said to me, there's no such thing as a pile of shame. It's simply you investing into the video game industry. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and I agree. I've actually curtailed my... As long, as long as people keep investing, then we're all fine. My, but... my pile of glorious games is just... I could actually <laughs> rent out the top for a ski lift and everything because it's just so high. It's yeah. got snow peat, everything. I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. Right. My, my Steam library, it's not a pile of shame. It's me going, thank you for making these games. I haven't yeah. got to yet playing. Never mind. But soon. But I will. And as soon as I stop playing FTL. Really, I will one day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all have been there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, finished finished Papers, Please. Finished, actually, Stanley Parable. Oh, um, there it is. Yeah, there's, brilliant, there's brilliant game. I love it when you go off-piste on that. Yeah. You know, where are you going? Yeah. Where you go? Stop it. <laughs> oh, you think you're clever, do you? Like, yeah, with the brilliant British accent. I love yeah. it. It's like really, really good. So, yeah, at the moment, that's it. And I think my, my, my top games from the past year are Read Journey and uh, the, the, the Walking Dead, the first season. These two games are like my, wow, like um, game of the year every year. Yeah, Journey's uh, had me. I remember when I finished Journey and I still remember shaking i was actually yeah. shaking and i had to put the controller yeah. down because it was so all the people i met i went through it's about four of them i think that i encountered they they couldn't grief 
there's no way that the only way the only thing they can do is help yeah it's yeah. just glorious the way they set it up the only way yeah. anything anyone else can do in that game achieving is help. achieving that that yeah. feeling between players this is amazing this is an amazing job they done yeah. and the, the, I, I i know they suffered a lot during the development but it was really worth it really really worth it, it was three very long hard years of development for them well, but it hurt a lot of them in that they just left didn't they up to left That's yeah it. everybody That's... left you know i mean there's like there's like no question when you see everybody leaving a studio after such a long development cycle, yeah. everybody's just exhausted. They're spent. Just... They're spent. Like, can't, can't do this anymore. Can't work with him anymore or her. Yeah, it's, her. I mean, it's like, yeah. it, I think the, the, the project actually took all of, their, all of their energy away from them. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, so this, this, this and The Walking Dead was like, whoa. Yeah, we are of same similar minds, sir. Yeah, I concur, and I have. Look, speaking personally, I've been playing Pillars of Eternity because I, I backed it, and uh, yeah. glorious game. If you like that sort of thing, I hate using that phrase, but uh, <laughs> it's a it's a fantastic, fantastic game, beautifully written, beautifully presented. I'm having an yeah. absolute blast with it, but I'm not going. I'm not gorging on it. I'm spending an hour or so and stopping. Yeah, so it's just so nice. It's like sipping a fine wine. It's really nice. Yeah. So I don't like gorging on it for too long because you uh, you can get too lost in it. Like, oh no, let's pull back a bit. Let's play some Dota. Anyway, <laughs> yes, <laughs> back to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Um, well, that's the end of the first half. It's relatively painless. Well done. Go you. Thank uh, you. Go you Thank you. And um, we now go into the second half. As promised, we talk in detail about Inside My Radio. Which regular listeners will know is referred to as the zeroth question. What is Inside My Radio about? Yeah, yeah. tell us about it. Give us your pitch. Tell us in detail what is it about. So then we can ask the more detailed questions that people read. So Inside My Radio is a rhythm action platformer adventure where you every move needs to be right on the beat. So you join as a green lad who mysteriously got trapped inside a dying boombox. And you actually have to figure out why is the boombox dying, and you have to bring electro dub and disco music back uh, to life. You've got three different characters inside the game, and they are all connected uh, with the music and all connected to the rhythm of the boombox. So you really have to bring the beat back. And this is a game about. It looks like a platformer, but it's a it's a it's a rhythmic game. It's a musical game. If you love music, if you love rhythm, then you will love Inside Mary Diego because it, this is all about rhythm and all about music and good music. 
Yeah. So that's I think that's the pitch. If you have to remember one thing about Inside Mario, it's about the rhythm. That and many other things. Yeah, well, <laughs> of course, but, yes. you know, people are it usually... Is, at its core, it's the music. Yeah. But that, there's that, something the else. Thing, yeah. And something else I want to draw out of you as well, but hopefully we'll talk about that now. Uh, unless that's, you're going to say any more on, on, on Inside My Radio, I, I'd oh. just like to dive in now. because yes, let's dive. Let's dive in. Inside My Radio, I believe, was it spawned from a game jam? Exactly. Right. So at, at what point did you think that it could be a full-blown release? What did you think? Was it within half an hour of coming up with the concept? Or was it like <clears throat> you find yourself playing it a lot, going, you know, we should just release this? How did it come about? So it's actually a bit, a bit of, a, of a story. Um, where so, so I said we started, we started Seven Studio with by releasing Ethan Mitterrander on on PC, PS3, and Vita, and um, and uh, the sound designer of. So let's start it again. Inside Radio was made by uh, uh, a bunch of friends called Turbo Dindon. Okay, <laughs> this is the real name. So during London Dare 23, and uh, this, there are four four guys, uh, and these four guys were uh, were co colleagues from Hydrovision where we were working. We were working with them, and on the side during weekends they were doing these game jams. And uh, when we started Seven Studio, uh, the guys some some guys uh, went to other companies, some went freelance, including Ethan Mitterrander, some designer. And when we finished, even uh, we actually sat down with uh, with the dude, and uh, we thought, well, you know, why not once uh, try uh, and do um, a game about music? Usually, sound is really at the end of the of the of the production pipeline. It would be good for once to have a game focused about sound. And he thought, well, you know, there's this prototype we did at. Uh, at uh, Ludum Dara 23 that actually won best audio and uh, coolness and uh, the the jam weekend. They actually won the jam weekend and thought, why not bring that pitch back and uh, make it uh, make it a full game? So we actually, we played the game, we looked at it and we thought, well, you know, I think it's a very good idea because it's very different because of the pitch, because about the rhythm and the music yep. that yep. that makes us different. The art is looking is looking really good, and what we learn from Ethan Mitterrander is that art is first when you want to sell a product, which can be a big word for people. But I'm sorry, we are actually making a product that customers are going to buy. Yes, yeah, I should I, I, should, I should I should say gamers want to play our game. Yeah. And we did. We had that approach with Ethan, and the result was bad. We had people loved the gameplay, but we didn't sell much. So we thought, okay, we actually have to sell a product on a market. Yeah. And um, the fact that Inside Radio actually won Ludum Dare, we thought, okay, so this product is appealing. There's something there. Let's make it bigger and more polished, and as a full game. And so that's how the product really started. But um, when now you look at the game now and the prototype from Ludum Dare, you're like, okay, the big picture is here, but the game is so different. Yeah. It's it's the closest I can align it to is uh, Beat Buddy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's sort close. of. It's close, but Beat Buddy had no platforming action. It was, no. Simply, uh, yeah. it was just movement. Good, yeah. 
great game, although it's terribly buggy. Unfortunately, I could uh, when I reviewed it, I couldn't finish it, and uh, that was that oh, was really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. But anyway, we're more putting Inside Mario between 140 and Crypt of the Necrodancer. I don't know if you know these two games, right? So. Yeah, so 140 won the IGF audio, I think, three years ago. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool game about music, and Crypt of the Necrodancer is a roguelike, a, rhythm, a rhythmic roguelike, so we're, yeah. we're really putting Inside My Radio between these two. Okay. And Bit, BitBuddy is is cool game, but I feel like there was not so much of a rhythm. It was too, you know, like, yeah. too permissive. I want to dig into that in my last question so uh, as i found okay. regular listeners will know of this show developers have this prescience it's kind of annoying that they're almost looking over my shoulder going yes i can answer that question <laughs> <laughs> it is coming up but um i want to ask about the reliance on rhythm by the way <laughs> is very strong throughout inside my radio as we've established on many occasions i think the listener understands that so yeah. what at what point did the visual cue come into existence because as i've been playing when i played it i noticed that there was a help if you will <laughs> to those of us who are rhythmically challenged um is that was that always there or was it something that was brought no. in uh, we bo- brought it so so for people who don't know inside mario at all it's like you can move freely left and right imagine uh mario where you can move freely left and right but then jumping dashing slam uh, etc has to be done you have to press the button in rhythm, otherwise nothing happens, which is really harsh. This is a strong game design choice. We had a lot of discussion about it, but we decided to keep it because that's what makes the game different. So the rhythmic help, yeah, well, as I was saying earlier, we we so we started the project around January 2014, and I think we spent about six months figuring out how to make the game feel good when you play it and actually to make it feel good to people who don't have naturally a rhythm. Um, and so we did a lot of playtest, a lot of user testing uh, and uh, and the help you see actually arrived during the summer. So that's something we 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 thought on the fly. We didn't when we started the game we didn't think we would do this, exactly that. But uh, we realized it was needed to make sure the game was playable and and most of all enjoyable by the most of people out there. So, and there's going to be some people who are actually deaf or partially deaf. Yeah, uh, and you got to cater for them because they actually the game itself. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know the whole platforming and uh, I was just thinking of come to a thought. These have things happen when I do this show. Is that you know, I think most platformers do have a rhythm to them anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just not entwined with the game itself. You know, you can't you can jump whenever you like, not when a a, a beat or a chord is played in the, in the yeah. background. That would be that would make Mario non impossible. But if you think about it, really think about it, if you're playing Mario well, you actually yeah. are. There it's, is a rhythm. There's yeah. a rhythm there. There's a rhythm, yeah, yeah. and what you've done is actually say, well, rather than just have that implied, let's just put it right up front and say it's a rhythm yeah. to platform yeah. games. If you want to be good at platform games, well, inside my radio will probably help you be better at them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I found that, um, you know, going back to Alter's Adventure, when I've been playing that a lot, I found myself getting way better at Oli Oli too. 
yeah. because you know it's just yeah. that it's that similarity is that feed of of, of of feedback loop of of understanding that oh wow all games or platform games especially have a rhythm to them yeah. uh, and that's 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 that and I, I thought your the method by which you do it uh is a big circle a circle of dots and yeah. these there's there's two like um smaller larger dots that actually move up and down around yeah. the circumference of the circle and when they meet that's when you can do something yeah and you can feel the, the controller vibrating and it's yeah. in rhythm with all of the background and all of the art and the sound and everything. So we're giving multiple feedback about when to play in rhythm. And, um, yeah. So we, you hinted a little bit, again, it's, again, your presence is, is remarkable. But um, I want to talk about the visual style now. I find yeah. it to be very contrasting. Mm-hmm. How did the design of that come about? Because that's what drew me to the booth in the first place. Because I don't know if you probably, I don't know if you saw photos of it, you were there, I don't know. But at Rezd, it was tucked between two other games and it was just kind of sitting there being very loud. And yeah. not loud audio, but loud visually. And it yeah. sort of, and I just walked by and I thought, well, what's that? And I yeah. sat down and put the headphones on because you have to put headphones on, of course. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, we would just kill you. <laughs> exactly. And uh, sat there, and I found myself completely drawn. Um, yeah. uh, enthralled by a little character, but everything's so bright and against a dark, dark background in many regards. Yeah. Not all the time, but that's the other thing, is everything's changing, and it's not just brown. Hurrah. <laughs> it's yeah, far yeah, from that. Are colors. It's yeah. colors. Yeah. You've used the full spectrum. Bring, 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 bring it, the attention. Well, yeah. that, that, that's the thing. So, the, so why the, did you do that? So why? Well, we did we did it. Well, actually, to catch your eye, and thankfully it worked. So yeah. <laughs> that, that's you know that's the thing we learned from Ethan Mr. Hunter. Art is first. So we needed to make to make something very catchy, um, and and the spirit. Well, you know, the game is a bit harsh. So we wanted to, the art style to be like. Not, not. Re- I don't know how to express it, but not that harsh. But like when you see it, you see there's something. You know, like it's different. You you haven't seen that many times. So that that was really the idea. And then we wanted to have different kind of music. Uh, we 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 wanted to have electro music, dub music, disco music, and so you can't actually use the same colors for these three very different kind of music. Yeah, like disco and dub music maybe have nothing to do <laughs> to one each other. So yeah. you you your game has to make sense and and make sure that when people look at the screen, they feel they can feel it's about disco. They can feel it's about dub. So so that, so that, so that's was really the 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 idea. Okay, well, it worked. I just wanted well, to to explain to the listener. That this is what's happening is that you, it is a very garish in the right way, and garish yeah. doesn't have to be a negative term, to to actually make your TV screen come alive, and it does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, TV screen or monitor, whatever, it just make it is a, it's a it's, it's a joy to behold. Yeah, it's, it's a party in your in your computer. In your computer, and you're part, and you're part of it. Indeed, because you're making it, you're making it happen. Yeah, if you screw up, it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, my final question. I know, sad. Cause it's been fun, <laughs> uh, but we everything. All good things come to an end. Exactly. Including podcast. 
Um, I want to ask you about the music because you've already said it's three different types. I want to go deep into that. By what criteria are the music tracks generated and selected for Inside My Radio? Well, uh, well, that's the sound designer job, you know, like it's, it's like actually producing everything. So there's not, well, there's actually a, a choose. The, we actually have to pick because at some point it just arrives and say, okay, here are the different signs. Hey, guys, I've just uh, uploaded a new kind of music into this level. Can you try it? And that's really about the feeling, like we feel it or not. Like, over, does it fit to the level design or does it not? Does it? Do you actually like enjoy this music or, or or not really? So, it's really it's as I said at the beginning. It's like, it sends something and then the art gets inspired, the level design gets inspired, and then we play the level and we say, okay, this is a match. And if it's not a match, then we try to figure out why this is not a match, and then right. we change it, etc., etc. So okay. one, one, one of the strong things for Sam Radio is that we picture the whole game as a record where each level is a song. And uh, that means that, for example, um, you've got the Electro World, and within the Electro World there will be three levels, and it's, it will be three different kinds of Electro music. So when we choose music, we're like, okay, for this level, what do you want? Okay, this is something, you know, the first level of electro music is we is kind of uh, for everybody. And then the second level is more underground electro music. So that it's really like an artistic choice of this level is going to be played at the end of the record. So it can be very different where... This first level is the first thing people will hear about the game, so they have to enjoy it. Like, this is a commercial choice. And this is how we, f- we pick things. We don't want to do a commercial game only. We have to sell the game, so that's why we're thinking yep. about it. Yep. But yep. In, within the game, there's also about, okay, this is something we, you will not hear from a different form of a game. Something, this is something... On this other level, we're giving you these choices about because you can actually choose some parts of the music in some levels. So we're we're putting we're giving you things that are, that are very different. But so yeah, we got this idea, this whole idea about the, the beginning of the game should be enjoyable by the broad audience, and we know only core gamers and hardcore games or gamers and rhythm fan and musical fan we finished the game, so we will feed them with something fresh, something different something they won't experience anywhere else anywhere else so that's how we actually picked the music for the for the levels brilliant that's exactly what i wanted to hear (laughs) (laughs) that was close (laughs) yeah no i thought it was that but i wanted to get that out of you yeah because these questions really about that teasing information out of you that you wouldn't normally volunteer um yeah yeah, go me so (laughs) it's coming out on steam Yes. In a few weeks, uh, yes. on, uh, as we recorded in the, sh- the show. And it's on, uh, going to be on PC Windows. Yes, sir. And uh, then it will come out on Xbox One. Exactly. Sometime in the summer. Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Cross that's the plan. At least an overproducer, I know that, well, you know, there's the plan and there's reality. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's yeah. the plan. <laughs> I, I do wish you the very best of luck. Thank experience. you very much. And, of course, your future endeavours with uh, Seven Studio. I'm Thank sure you. we'll see a lot more from
from you. Um, and you're more than welcome to come back on the show and talk about whatever new thing you come up with in the future. Well, that uh, would be with great joy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been fantastic having you on, Oliver. Thank you. Great, great guest. And uh, like I said, I wish you the very best of luck. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. That was good. Good fun. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me, any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye